I escaped to a place where I guess theater was my escape. Theater was my ability to play people that weren't me because I wasn't proud of who I was. What's going on? Welcome into another episode of the KZ Community Beat. I'm your host, Ross Martinez. In the hot seat this week, I got Derek Kilmer, director of Peoria's hottest play going right now of In the Heights, and also the executive director of Central Illinois Friends. We're going to get to everything. Derek, how are you feeling today? Man? I'm feeling great, and yeah. I appreciate you throwing a little Gabriel uh, quote going on in there. The hottest play. I love it. I love it. Gabe is one of my closest friends since moving out in April. He's got a name drop a few times while I'm on air and also on the podcast. because He's just a good man. Yeah. Ladies, he's single. Holla. No, uh, <laughs> he's going to hate me for saying that. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so let's, let's get right into the big thing yeah in the heights man mm-hmm. i went for opening night amazing performance yeah. i text you afterwards yeah. i put the picture up and then who's the mutual friend we have on facebook uh she tagged you in the post i put up like yo hot show i love it she's like you need to interview oh, Derek." man i, I said it, yes i do i think it was was it was it ruby no um well, well I can't even think now. <laughs> anyway, so many people tagged you like right, you got to right, talk to right, them. Right, right. But the hottest play in Peoria. Yeah. How's it feel to get that moniker so far? Right. <laughs> it's after after I don't think week. it's hit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you know what it feels good. I I'll tell you what. I'm pr- I'm proud of I'm proud of everyone in the show and everyone that's involved in the show. Um, this has been an over a year long process. It has been a um it's been work and and so I don't take any of it lightly. And so when you say the, how does it feel that this, you know, to say, oh, this is the hottest show in Peoria. Well, to me, I, I appreciate that. But at the same time, this is our show. And and we all work to get here. And, and so, yeah, it feels good. It feels good that to know that we're getting more of this than what we started with. Because when we started, we weren't getting love. Let me no. tell you. No, we weren't getting love. You getting fight back on the play coming? Oh, we got a lot of pushback on, on starting this show, which I think... Uh, out of the ashes always comes something good. Right? The Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why in the heights of all the musicals yeah. and plays to put your name next to? Yeah. What made you land on in the heights? Yeah. And why for Peoria? I I really appreciate that question because I don't I, look. I love theater and I love the arts and I believe that theater is our very first version of social media. It's the way that we get our opinions and truth out to. Um, the world when you don't have a, a normal platform. Um, and so I've always looked at theater as a um, stage and a platform that all should have access to. And so when In the Heights was being announced and being talked about, not announced, but rumblings of In the Heights possibly happening in Peoria were, ha- were out and about, and people were saying, hey, there aren't any Hispanic directors. And um, I don't think we have the ability to do this. And if anybody did step up, it probably would have been whitewashed. And so I kind of inserted myself and I said, well, that shouldn't be a reason to not do this. You need to actually invite people to your theater. That's part of what being a community theater is. We have to represent our community. Yeah. That's when the pushback started to happen because as a non-Hispanic individual, and I get it, people were reluctant to say, then yeah, you run with the mantle. And I get that. I actually appreciated that type of pushback because the reality is to be a director or to get involved, you have to have done something, right? And and so until we open our door and show the people that they're invited in, then 
we'll never have the opportunity to have Hispanic actors, actresses, and directors or people who work backstage, right? I do love that train of thought you have yeah. there. And so it's got to start somewhere. We have to start allowing this stage to, for people to tell their own story. You can't just continue to shy away from it. And then when you have a Hispanic role in another show, you just whitewash it. And don't get me wrong, the, the, the overall goal is to colorblind cast in our future. But there are certain shows that'll never be the case for that you can't do. Like, for instance, The Color Purple. You right? Can't, you, you can't, can't colorblind color cast yeah. the color purple. <laughs> you no can't way. colorblind cast in the heights. Nope. You can't colorblind cast uh well you can you can colorblind cast in the heights so long that it's ethnically correct, right? And that and it would so, be intriguing to tell it from a different cultural perspective though when you think about it. But as long as it's ethnically correct, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's about the Hispanic struggle. Yeah. Um which I'll put a, a feather in the cap of the conversation we had on one of our first rehearsals about the difference between nationality and ethnicity that, that our cast and I had a conversation with on the first, first rehearsal. But I digress because I want to talk about the why. Um, I mold this over. I, I, I'm telling you, as a non-Hispanic person, I questioned myself on whether I should have done this or not. Hmm. But at the end of the day, I had to tell myself, it's not about me. This is never going to be, it never was going to be about me. It's about providing a stage. And so from day one, when I started going out and recruiting individuals and getting people that never saw themselves as part of their community theater because they never were invited, um, or they came to see a show of West Side Story and there were zero Hispanic people in it. Mm, um, which is interesting because <laughs> Rita Ora. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's sad, but this is the reality of the situation. This is what was happening in Peoria. And I would hear, but then I would hear things on the other end, which was, are there enough of them here? <laughs> um, or, you know, are there enough Mexicans to do this show? Well, it's not just Mexicans. <laughs> I, I, I'm, yep. This is, this, this is the kind of hate and stupidity that was, that was out there. But I also realized that it's, it's colored through drama. And hmm. uh, theater people are dramatic. And when it's not about them, they want nothing to do with it. So it's not necessarily rooted in hate. It was rooted in the fact that if I don't have an option to be center stage, if I don't see myself being a part of this, then it's not worth it. And that mindset has to be done because what I've realized through this, this process is that the, the best shows, and you, you, you saw the quality of this show. Yeah. The best shows are those that have been recruited. The best shows are the ones that when you go out, you don't just cast the same old, same old. You go out and put the work into it. You find the amazingly talented people that reside in your communities that are right here, that have these phenomenal voices, that have these amazing acting abilities, this amazing ability to dance on stage, but have never been given an opportunity. That's the point of community theater, providing a stage to say, hey, you deserve a chance to tell your own story. Hey, you deserve a chance to, to speak truth. You can have the confidence to stand in front of a group of people and say whatever's on your mind. You know why? Because you're worth it too. You know what's amazing about that is because when I was sitting in the crowd, I leaned over to my friend Ruby. I'm like, it's a nuances for me. Mm. Like it was small little things of mm -hmm. how they said the word inuti or mm. um, 
just like the small little back and forth of I'm the father, this is why I said goes. Yeah. But how he got the message across. Yeah. And then the struggle of La Abuelita. And then the struggle of the young love of interracial, biracial love. Like, yeah. yo, how are you so good with getting small nuances of the culture, being somebody that's on the outside? So that's the beauty of it all. When you cast things the right way, you don't have to. Because oh, they just get it. They already get it. And I mean, don't get me wrong. We we talked through this. I, I I learned so much through this process myself, and but that's the way it should be. But people just they they get it when it's about them. Um, I casted individuals that I saw as that part. I mean, don't get me wrong. Every everybody there were we had a bunch of people audition, and not everybody made it. Not all Hispanic people made it, right? So what doing auditions and saying that this was a show for Hispanic people brought a lot of Hispanic people out. But at that point, once you're at auditions, you had to earn it. And and they worked their tails off. You could tell. Yeah. And um, a lot of new people on that stage that have never been a part of this. So we just had these conversations of realism. And, and you, you talked about Nutel. Um, we, we, we communicated about that over and over. The guy, the guy who plays Kevin Rosario. And he was so good. He's he's a cardiologist. Are you serious? He's never done a show in his life. <laughs> you had me fooled because there's a moment yeah. where um I think it was towards the end of the first act where he's talking about like this pain and the struggle of all this yeah. and he's not gonna let it go to waste and the the fade of the light mm. goes to somebody else. I forgot what the other transition yeah. was. Yeah. But like facially mm -hmm. he got it. He sold me, I'm like Damn, no wonder my dad's mad when I didn't do yeah. XYZ. I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah, right? Trauma. <laughs> Trauma. <laughs> well, but you have to tell he is the most even-killed guy. And to be able to get him to that point, we had to talk about it over and over mm. again. And and at one point, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a little secret. We were at a rehearsal, and he just wasn't giving me the emotion that I needed. So he said, I'm going to say this nicely. Stay away from my daughter. And I go, I stopped the whole whole rehearsal. I said, whoa, 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 everybody's sitting out there. And his, his daughter is a, in the ensemble. I said, really? uh, yeah, I said, uh, Marco, that's, I don't believe you. That, that to me, that sounds like you're saying it nicely, but you're not supposed to say it nicely. And I said, do it again. I'm going to say this nicely. Stay away from my daughter. I'm like, that's still pretty that nice. I, I said, and so I walked up on stage and I said, now tell me to stay away from your daughter. And he goes, I must say this nicely. Stay away from my daughter. And I said, well, I'm going to keep hanging out with your daughter. And he, I looked at her and I said, you want to go out later? And he goes, okay, stay away from my daughter. And I said, I'm going to take your daughter out. And you never know. You know, one thing might lead to another. And he goes, stay away from my daughter. And I was like, no, I'm going to hang out with your daughter and there's nothing you can tell me to not hang out with your daughter because your daughter's going out with me and I'm not going to bring her home tonight. And she goes, he goes, stay away from my daughter. And I was like, thank you. That is what I need. That's so, like an actual yeah. scene from a movie where like <laughs> right. you got the play director trying to get one of your guys like, yo, give me the emotion. Yeah. Give me the emotion. All right, here's a real life thing. Yeah. Come here, baby. Yeah. Get away from her. Yeah, exactly. exactly. If you need, if you need a fill, I'm very dramatic, bro. I'll tell you that. I watch I love it. I know realize. I love I'm it. I'm animated and dramatic. Should have got you in there. Should have got you in there. I'll tell my mom. She'll think I made it. Um, but that's all. Like, who taught you how to bring out that passion of somebody? Huh? Or did you already have that going into being? 
well, director? Well, so I've always I've always been. I mean, so first of all, I actually grew up playing sports. I wasn't involved in theater or music. I that came later in life. How'd you transition into that? Yeah. Um, so in uh, junior college, I decided that I was done playing baseball, and um, I was kind of just playing around in the in a uh, in a uh, practice room. And so I, I, I sang a little bit and I was in there singing and kind of plunking away on the piano and never had lessons, anything like that. And this old man popped his head in, in the, uh, in the, uh, practice room and said, son, his name was Prince DeRoe. said, son, DeRoe. yeah, you, you need to come and audition for my, uh, timeless voices. At Did he just glee you up? Yeah. He gleed you yeah. up. All right, Finn. <laughs> and I know, right? And I said, all right. And I went and auditioned, and it ended up giving me a full ride at ICC. And I was there for a couple years, and I loved it so much. Uh, part of that scholarship was you had to get involved in the community, in which I went and auditioned, and I was Kanicki in Greece at East Light Theater. And so that was my first time ever Kanicki? doing anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> I grew up watching Grease Love. Love <laughs> well. <laughs> but, but, yeah, and oh. then I, I ended up uh, getting so involved in music. I, I taught myself how to read music, um, started playing the drums. And I, I went to Drake University uh, for my bachelor's degree, which paid for a lot of my bachelor's degree by singing. And we started touring. And I started getting involved in shows that way. And um, I just, I like to learn. I like to learn. I'm kind of a nerd. And and I was surrounded by really good people. And um, just, I'm, I'm, I'm naturally taking things. And so it's not only craft of the arts. It's craft of real life. And so the reality of theater is that it should be real. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's fiction, right? And there's there's shows that are make that are meant to make you happy and laugh and da 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 da. But those are because those are real too. And if you can't elude a real message, then you're not doing your job. Hmm. And so I've learned by getting emotions from real people is how you can elude emotions through theater. Just through life experience. Yeah, just by people watching. It's kind of crazy when you think about like how your life journey kind of takes you. Yeah, baseball player. Yeah, and then now in theater. Yeah, now curious how does play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep throwing that out there because it's great, man. I, get I mean, awkward. you had you had two sold out weekends. Yeah, yeah. From having the constant blowback and the yeah. well, we don't know if this is right for the community right. or if the community is right for it. Right. To having the community, and I was in the crowd Friday. It wasn't just Latinos. No, you had the community. There. Yeah, black, brown, white. Everybody was just there, and they were clapping, and they were excited. And you could tell there were some faces laughing at jokes. I was like, "Wait, you get that?" Yeah, I'm like what? <laughs> but you guys had this uh, in the beginning of the play. You said uh, we speak different languages, but we can still understand. There's something like that. I forgot what the opening yeah, line was. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, we're gonna go from Spanish to Eng or English to Spanish and Espanol to English, and but don't worry because you're still gonna understand what we say because the beautiful thing about humans is that we elude feelings the same and that we have the same feelings. Um, so even though we may be saying different things, we know what we feel. Yeah. We know what we feel. There have been fathers out there that you're not dating my daughter. They get that. Mm -hmm. There have been kids who have been lost in a journey not mm -hmm. knowing which way to go. 
without yeah. disappointing their parents. Yeah. I've had that experience. You know, so I um, I run an LGBTQ plus organization called Central Illinois Friends. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing I've noticed is that uh, people want to do good and people want to love. That's all people want is to live, love, and be happy. And they want the best for their, their own, right? They want the best for their kids. They want the best for their families. They want the best for their, 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 their lovers and, 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 and parents, etc. And people want to try and do better, but they don't necessarily know how. And so you talk about, I've learned through what I do at work, um, that, you know, although we received the hateful, some, some very hateful things, but some very stupid things, I know a lot of that doesn't come from the hatred towards the Hispanic community. It comes from ignorance fear. And, and, we, and fear. And mm -hmm. we have to realize that. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, to sit them in a theater, these uh, non-Hispanic individuals who may not quite understand and have them relate to character after character, alluding the same emotions they do in their own life, realizing that, oh my God, this is the <laughs> same reason why my family came here from whatever country, or this is, this is the same way I feel about my daughter, or this is the same way I feel about my abuela, or this is the same way I feel about this or that. Or, that's powerful. Those small little nuances and those small little connections that's how we get over this hatred. That's how when someone starts to say something bigoted at a bar and somebody just watched this said, you know what? I think you're a little off. I think you're a little wrong. Yeah. You know, I don't think that way. It's, it starts with knowledge, imparting Correct. some type of eat, eat those and paint those upon somebody where they can take themselves out their own shoes and yeah. hear a different perspective. Yeah. And I think you guys did a very effective way with the play. Yeah. Play musical. Which one is it? Musical. Musical. Yep. It's a, anything. If it's a, if it's on stage with music, it's a musical. Ah, yeah. okay. So, but if there's the no singing, it's a play. Play. Okay. Because yeah. I grew up. Uh, I'm from Chicago. Yeah. We were talking about. Um, I used to go down to Shakespeare Theater all the time, which is different. Yeah. It's completely different. But just to see performers do their thing. Yeah. Kind of get lost in the performance. There were moments I saw in the Heights where your lead actor was completely lost, just yeah. lost in it, and yeah. you could tell he was on beat. His facial fear. Your lead was amazing, man. Yeah. Uh, you, how he, did you? Yeah, he was phenomenal, and he's played the part before, um, and so that helps, right? So when you come in and you really start to jive with the part, you can't jive until you know all the words. You can't jive until you know all your blocking. You can't jive. You can try to jive, but really mold and get into that character and to get lost that those words have to become second nature um, live the part live the yeah. game yeah and and you want to be careful with that because it can really it can really have a psychological hold of you i've had this where i've i've played a part where i was on stage from the very beginning to the end and um you know i left feeling just down and and a lot of that has to do with the fact that i was living the part too much right um, so there's really? a there's a different way of connecting, right? A method acting, if you will. Like a shallow bluff. Yeah. I heard he's a method. Yeah, or Heath Ledger, and look what happened, yes. right? So um, that's a real thing, and so but uh, it, it's got to come second nature, and and when it becomes second nature, the live theater is so beautiful, and the fact that things are different every night, 
even though we're saying the same words, trying to do the same thing, it's different every night. Things happen. Props mm -hmm. fall. Props break. Things break. Things don't work the way they should. An instrumentalist is off. Somebody that your mic shuts off and the band can't hear you. Um, the amps come off and you can't hear the band. Uh, you can't hear each other. You, you, yes. any, anything that happens. Phones are going off in the audience. Somebody's standing <laughs> up. I've had a, a, a show where someone's having a heart attack during a number, and we have to figure out what to do, right? Like, there's all of this stuff can happen around you, and the only way you can get through it is if it's second nature. And he has allowed, he has had that ability to come in at second nature to him. Yeah. He... He, he he knows his stuff and, and you really in the heights would not be as good if he wasn't our anchor because he is almost the narrator of the show that ties in all the characters around oh him. his role most yeah. definitely wow. does and I mean without without him you don't feel the way you do about abuela no without him you don't feel the way you do about Vanessa Vanessa was amazing yeah. how'd yeah. you guys find her well uh so Sheridan is a anchor at WMBD. I did read that. I was like, yeah. oh, look, fellow reporter, what's yeah, up? Yeah, 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 yeah. We had uh, one of her fellow uh, reporters, Mr. Matthews at WMBD. Yeah. And Durante. And uh, Brian Blanks, a good friend of mine, know, know her and was really pushing her to come and audition for the show. And so I'm, I'm really glad she did. Um, really Another one where yeah. I saw her getting lost. Oh, in gosh, the amazing. amazing. Was this her first performance? Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Seventeen they told me that. And I was like, no. Yeah. Seventeen people on that stage had never been on that uh, on, on in musical theater before. What, what yeah. other ones? Um so she was one of them. Uh so Sharon our abuela, which was uh abuela was first yeah, time? It was her first time ever. She got me a tear up. Uh, uh, yeah. so let her know she did a great job. Yeah, she's doing amazing. Yeah. Um our Marco or sorry, Marco is the guy. Uh Kevin Rosario. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah. his first time ever doing a show. What? Yeah. All these cats uh, were really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Graffiti Pete. Graffiti. Yeah. And Sonny. <laughs> I like how when there. he came into the shop, he's like, yo, I got this to sell. Right, like, right. Get out of here. Get out of here, right? <laughs> but like that's something small new. I was like, yeah. I didn't grow up in New York, but I grew up in Chicago where I'd have the corner store. Yeah. Where you would have the cat yeah. coming in trying to Piddle paddle Sell, something right, real quick, right, and you got the nuance of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? So we did have a lot of conversations about that too. So even the little parts often get ignored, but there's so much conversation with that. So I'm just going to explain graffiti P. And for those who don't know, in the Heights, it's a, it's a very small role, um, but it's a pivotal role throughout the show. And so um, I, I, you know, we we sat down and we chatted, and I said, you know, graffiti Pete starts the show. He comes out and he's he's uh, graffitiing on the on the building and starts the whole show. No words are exchanged. He just he he comes out. He dances. He he tags the store. He gets run off. And I and that's the next thing that's said is lights up in Washington Heights on the break of day. So we sit. I sat down and I said, Why are you out there? I don't know. I said, Well, what's the point of you being out there? Like, wh what do you think's happening? Well, it's lights up so that they're they're starting their day. So everybody's waking up to start their day. And I said, well, so why is Graffiti P out there so early? Why is he up there before everyone else? And he, I said, I want you to come back with that, an idea. And he came back with this story of, you know, I probably was up partying all night. I haven't gone to sleep yet. Everybody else is waking up. I'm coming home. 
Mm. And he's a couch surfer, and he doesn't have a home, right? So he's going to crash at his buddies, and so he's just tagging up a story before he heads out, and he probably got ran off to go to sleep when everybody else... Maybe he went to a park bench and fell asleep while everybody else was getting up for their day to start work. It's a small nuance. And that small little nuance, like that, that back story changes the way he acts when he's in that number. Because you're starting to live the gimmick of now you have a... Now you have history yeah. to this role. Yeah. That dictates why they do certain things. Yeah. Why are you talking this way? Why are you acting this way? Yep. Oh, you're couch surfing. Mm-hmm. So you're just getting by. So now yeah. your language and the way your body language is, now you're on survivor mode. Yep. So now that changes. Oh, I'm a nerd about yeah. all this yeah, stuff, all right. man. I love, <laughs> I love it. But this is great. What's another role that I loved? Um, the hairdresser. She oh, was. Oh, yeah, yeah, her yeah, 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 and her yeah. daughter in it? Well, so it wasn't her daughter, but it's like her daughter, right? Oh, okay, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's, uh, uh, oh, my goodness. My, I've had a couple days off and I'm already. <laughs> it's uh, I forgot the names, but it's they Carla and Daniela. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Daniela. Now, now Sandra is the, playing the part of Daniela, and and Julia plays the part of Carla, and both of them are uh, big personalities, but also man. seasoned vets. So they've done theater around oh, here. Okay, because um, I must say, if those were their first times. No, they they've done that theater. Had yeah. me tricked, man. Yeah. No, they did fantastic. <laughs> And uh, um, they they really they sunk their their claws into this role. You know when when Julia auditioned, um, from the moment she walked into that audition room, I was like, "That's Carla." You just knew that's Carla. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna be. What great. was that? Ro- what was what the first line she had where she miss uh, misspoke yeah. a word, and uh, the entire audience yeah. busted out laughing. It was she, just a small your, line. Your mother's malfunction. Yeah. Dysfunction. Yeah. <laughs> but she was everybody in the crowd just started giggling. Yeah, and like yeah. I love those small things. Like yeah, yeah you have. Your big season roles, mm. but the small little nuanced yeah. things yeah. of her kind of being a little like, <laughs> yeah. but so effective, man. Oh, like yeah. that was dope. Mm-hmm. Like I like what you guys were able to put together on that yeah. uh, the night that I went. Now let's talk about the the final number, man. How'd you get that uh, together? Yeah, because that was uh-huh. a send off. The 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 finale. The finale. Um, well, to believe it or not, that's our last number we directed, or uh, that I that I blocked. So like hmm. um, so so that sh- that that number, because I mean it's all about about the music in that number. It's all about the words, and so that was actually very little work, because I wanted them to come on and separately, because at that point they're all in their own little their own little world, right? The the, mm-hmm. the song starts and you think well I, I mean this is gonna come out after the show, right? Yeah, this will come out next okay, Wednesday. All right, all right. Which will be what's this? This will be after the show, so I'm yeah, not yeah. gonna no spoilers. But uh, <laughs> if you haven't watched us, it by now, right, right, fast forward. Right, <laughs> Usnavi. You think Usnavi is leaving at the beginning of that song, and so I I actually put a lot of work from Usnavi leaving until the point he decides to stay. That was where the most work was because that's the drama, right? After that, they're all in their, they're they're all coming back, and their last words are, "I'm home." Yeah. There's not much to go. You're home. And I wanted that to come out. I could have made that a big dance number. I could have made them go in and out and all that. I wanted them all to come out and stand there because there's nowhere else to go because they're home. In the heights. They're in the heights. They're they can dream of of 
past generation, their past land. They can dream about Dominican Republic and Cuba and Puerto Rico and Chile and etc. But this is their home, their home. And I, that is the most important part of the entire show. We all do it. I'm from a small town in Illinois, and I, I wanted to go, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, I got to get out of here. We all want to get out. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we have to realize home is where you make it. <laughs> I know, I know. My think of Joe Dirt, too. <laughs> but No, but I, I'm, I'm smirking and laughing at that because I'm Chicago born and raised. Mm. Born and raised, mm-hmm. 32 years. I come out here in a year. I've made this place feel like home. Yeah. And I feel like I'm, I've been in what radio since 08. Wow. Now I'm finally, I feel like I'm finally getting traction. Yeah. So this place is becoming a home. I love so that. like, I, I'm yeah. kind of, you're vibing I with that. I feel it. Yeah. I love it. Because love it. home is where you do make it. It's yeah. where you make your friends, make yeah. your love, make your money, make your passion, all of it. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Speaking of, I'm going to backtrack on something. Come if on. you don't mind. Because I said I'm going to put a feather in that one. Or a pin in it. I mm-hmm. didn't say feather, but I meant pin. <laughs> I like feather because I wear fedoras. All right. And it makes a go. lot of there sense. So if you need like a 1920s Mexican, you know, oh, I got man, you. Man, I got man, the fedora man, ready. Man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I, uh, uh, we, well, during one of our rehearsals, one of our first rehearsals, everybody's sitting down and I said, I want you all to introduce yourselves. And um, is this your first show? Is this not your first show? Uh, why? And I want you to mention why you came out to do this show. And it took a while because we got a big cast, and it, but it was good. And um, I said I started right from the get go. I said these are what this is what people are saying about you. Ooh. This is what the theater community is saying about you. This is what has been said to me, and I need you to know this is happening. I am not going to hide anything from you from this moment forward. We are being completely frank and upfront with each other. I understand if this becomes too much, but you have to know everything before you get yourself into this. Uh, but, But my job is to make sure that none of you fail. My job is to make sure that I provide you a stage and put the best versions of you out there, and then I'm going to get out of your way because I know that you all have the potential to do it phenomenally. You pop a beard. And uh, just, I want to get out of your way. This is your show. This is your story. I'm just going to make sure I'm here to make sure that it doesn't fall backwards, right? And so this was our, we got to rely on each other. And I said, I've heard some of the rumblings about ethnicity and race and nationality and da 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 and um, I said we gotta address that right now so In the Heights is about uh, Cubans and Puerto Ricans and uh, there's a line in there that says uh, my mother's from Chile and Dominica Rican I'm Dominica Rican da 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 right but these these characters we have to play the actual nationality that they're from, and we need to make the we need to make up the percentage, uh, not the percentage, but we need to make up diversity as it, you would see in Washington Heights if we want the real story to get out right. And um, one guy in the cast raised their hand and said, "Yeah, but um, you know you got a lot of Mexicans in this." So. <laughs> hey, hello. Right, right. <laughs> And I said, yes, and I want to address that because here's the reality where we live. Um, 
first and foremost, you can be Hispanic white, you can be Hispanic black, you can be Hispanic native, you can be Hispanic biracial, you can be Hispanic other, you can be Hispanic Asian, you can be Hispanic that and that and that. You can also be non-Hispanic, all those things. And have a big brown heart. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but the the judgment is if I see you and I hear your, 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 um, there, I see, I'm, you may pass, first of all. You may pass as non Hispanic white. You may pass as non Hispanic. But I could also see you and hear your language and you immediately become a what in, in a non Hispanic Midwesterner's mind? Uh, automatically, you're, you're Mexican. You're a Mexican. Yeah, it don't matter. Whether you're from Argentina you're or Chile yeah. or Cuba or Dominican Republic. And therefore, this it doesn't we we gotta stop the charade of Mexico versus Cuba versus Dominican Republic versus Panama versus Argentina. This stops right now. At that door, we are we are, are we are proud of who we are and where we're from. We are proud to be what doing what we're doing. But at the end of the day, we are telling people that the Hispanic peoples are alive and well in Peoria. It is thriving. The culture is beautiful, doing amazing things, and you're just as much as part of this community as anybody else. Hell yeah. I'm excited now. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You got me hyped, brother. And, and so that was our message coming in from the get-go is that, hey, in the Heights, yeah, we're, 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 we're flying proudly the Cuban, Dominican, Republican, Puerto Rican flags, but this is the Hispanic struggle. Yeah. I think you did a great job with it, man. Yeah. Because I was looking at it through the lens of just being a Latino, not just a Mexican, yeah. but as a Latino, we have a lot of shared struggles, a lot of shared crosses that we all carry. The we never want to displease the mother, or the father. Right. That that is a shared commonality throughout mm-hmm. Puerto Ricans, yeah. Cubans, Mexicanos, everybody. We all have that struggle of being lost with trying to chase a goal that we want, but then here's something we really want to do. It's it's the struggle of being lower socioeconomic trying to make it in a capitalistic society. You put it that way. <laughs> That's why you're the director, man. <laughs> so what what was what was the thing that made you fall in love with theater? Uh poof. You know, I um That's a very emotional question for me. <laughs> <laughs> I got emotions for you, brother. And I'm emotions. gonna, I'm gonna try not to go deep down into that rabbit hole, okay? okay? But um, I will say there were things that happened in my past, um, and being a, someone who is a gay man um, in a town where he was outed and not accepted, and his home was turned ugly at a certain point. Um, you know, I I I I escaped to a place where I guess theater was my escape. Theater was my ability to play people that weren't me because I wasn't proud of who I was. Theater was a way for me to live someone else's truth and life because uh, mine's not what I pictured it would ever be. And so um, theater kind of became an outlet in a way to hide from my reality, which I know that's unique to kind of say, because I'm so so into the fact that it should be real. Um, it took a complete 180 for me in the in, later in life because it, uh, obviously I learned to love myself and I've learned to, um, I'm working on, on myself every day and uh, trying to 
be proud of myself every day because it's still a struggle. But uh, but but theater was legitimately an escape for me to be proud of a piece of me, I guess. It makes sense with why you're very passionate about finding that why or purpose mm. in the roles because mm-hmm. it seems like from the outside looking in you ran to a place to feel some acceptance right and later in life you found out that the only way to feel accepted in that role is to find the acceptance within you right to play that role and now it also makes sense with you said you're also the executive director of uh century illinois friends Mm-hmm. where you're teaching, helping other people mm-hmm. find that acceptance. Because we were talking a little bit off the mic, so we're kind of bringing this full circle now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of like, you've had your trauma in your life, which led to, is leading to an amazing career within the arts. Mm-hmm. But then you have your social activism on the side, or is that your main gig? That is my main gig, yep. So, so Central My Friends is my main gig. So you have two facets in your life right now, kind of the yin and yang, where you're teaching people acceptance. Right. Like, take me through that mentally. Like, that's got to be something. Yeah. I mean, it's fighting stigma, too. Um, We fight a lot of stigma. And that stigma isn't just from the... It's it's internal. It's external. um, And that internal, you got to get rid of that stigma internally in order to accept yourself. And so I like to look at it as the fight is against stigma more than anything, right? And so... um, yeah, so backtrack a little bit. I, I'm not at Central Illinois Friends if I wouldn't have directed Rent the Musical. So I directed Rent the Musical, which is about um, the AIDS epidemic in New York City. Um, did some case studies in New York City and in Copenhagen, Denmark, but that's a story for another day. Copenhagen, <laughs> Denmark, right, you just Right, right, right. <laughs> but I learned what what was happening today. Uh, and why weren't we talking the fact that U equals U when people who are living with HIV can become undetectable, which means there's zero chance of transmission. Why isn't anyone talking about this? Why aren't we talking about the ability to get to zero new diagnosis? Like, this is insane to me. Why are we still living a life of rent when it doesn't have to be that way? Huh. And so I became an advocate and I started working with, uh, well, I found Central Noy Friends and I did a fundraiser for them, and I got involved. And the next thing I know, they're asking me to apply to be their executive director. Um, at the time, we were just doing services um, for people living with HIV, and um, those were very scaled back. And so the first thing we really did was bolster those services to really be the friends of those who needed it the most, um, to help people living with HIV not just live, but thrive, mm. um, and really bolster what that means to live with HIV in the 15 county radius that we serve. We provide transportation, rent, utilities, etc. 15 et counties? 15 counties, yep. And so, so you're, not, you're a good size. It's a, well, yeah, at that time, though, there was only two employees. And um, then we started a completely free sexual health clinic because how do you end diagnosis? Education, testing, etc. And we, we did that so well. Zero ID needed, zero insurance needed. And um, I kind of mentioned to the you with I kind of mentioned this to you before we started, which was we learned who the people who had the largest barriers to accessing care locally was. And that was the Hispanic population, our uh, people of color, communities of color, the communities that maybe English isn't their first language and the LGBTQ plus organiz- or com- communities. Hmm. Um, those are the communities that have the largest barriers. 
And so now we're growing into becoming this LGBTQ plus community center because equity, equitable healthcare says that you have to stand up and go a little further for those who, who need it the most. I mean, that's what Central and Friends, the backbone of Central and Friends has been since 1990 in Peoria. Um, since then, we've opened up a, a, a place in Bloomington. So we have a clinic in Bloomington now. And um, nice. we're looking at a new building here in Peoria. So I'm pretty excited. Is that why you were pointing out buildings to me earlier? That's right. We're not going to talk about right. the buildings. We're like, ooh, look at that. That's it, <laughs> you know? And I was wondering why. Because I'm a Chicagoan, bro. Yeah. So, like, yeah. immediately when someone tells me something, I'm like, why is he talking? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Should have known. <laughs> but that's amazing to see the yeah. growth. Yeah. I mean, you have growth in both facets of your life right now. Right. You have the, the Central Illinois friends. You're growing. You're building. And then now you're bringing a whole new element with the musical. Right. So, Derek, the individual, how does it feel from going to being kind of lost and not having your own acceptance to doing so much for the community on two different fronts? Yeah. This is what makes me happy, right? I, I, um, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I, I don't know. That's a hard question. <laughs> I asked the good ones. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, because you have to think about it, man. I'm, um, because it feels like you're walking in your light or your purpose. I guess what, right is some the phrase that I love saying. Yeah, like you're walking in your purpose of what you're supposed to be doing in this world. I wish somebody would have gave me a chance with my potential, and I feel like that is what I do every day. Is I see these individuals who can they have. They, they have so much potential and they could be doing so many things just like this entire city um peoria has so much potential but we're getting in our own way or we don't see it we're too busy can i cuss on this podcast we're too busy shitting on ourselves hmm. and and getting down on ourselves and um instead of instead of just being real and understanding that you know it's okay to to not be all of everything at all times and failure is okay so long that we fail forward um failure is not okay if we don't learn our lessons hmm. and people who don't learn their lessons refuse to get any better because they don't think they can yeah they don't see that, that that's an option and so i think that's more than anything i just I, I hate the mindset of it's always been done this way or if it's not broke don't fix it um, that's always been, ever since I was a kid, I've hated that mindset. And I think it's because that's the mindset that has traditionally gotten my way of growth. And so it pleases me to always look at people with that mindset and say, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> but it also pleases me to know that people who are just good people have a, a shot that may not have existed if I didn't show them the mirror. That's amazing, man. Yeah. It's I found in my journeys of having conversation, like we were talking off mic, where I feel like there's a beauty to the art of dialogue. Mm -hmm. There's a beauty to communication with comprehension, not sitting here with a list of 25 questions and just taking you down, but right. authentically getting to know you. Right. So in this short amount of time, right. we, we don't really know each other. No, we don't. But <laughs> just hearing your journey lightly mm -hmm. and seeing the beauty of okay this is where i was this is where i ran for comfort and look what i'm doing to provide comfort right that's beautiful right well, and you. before we head out yeah two questions 
if anybody would like to get more information of Central Illinois Friends, where can they go yeah. for that? You can go to friendsofcentralillinois.org. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at CIFriends1990. All right. Yeah. Last question here. When everything's said and done, this podcast is how I collect people's stories, mm-hmm. their journeys. And so often we don't really get the opportunity to ask people what they want out of life. Mm. So what do you want the community to learn or know about Derek that they may not know when everything is said and done? <laughs> you weren't ready. <laughs> I wasn't. You do ask hard questions. Ask me that one more time. So from your entire journey, mm-hmm. everything you've been through, everything you're doing now, things you want to accomplish later in life. If somebody was to listen to your story, what do you want them to walk away with? Liberation. Ooh. I think true love liberates. Uh, it's not, as Maya Angelou says, uh, love is not binding. Um, and I think that we have never had those conversations with one another. We think that love means that you're here with me and that um, and that you have to be with me and that we got to fight for this and we got to fight for that. And, and some things, I mean, don't get me wrong. You do have to fight in life, but it's knowing what battles to fight and what battles not to, because true love is liberation. True love liberates whether you're here with me or, or, or not, whether you're in uh, Australia or, or you're in Peoria, whether you um, Copenhagen? are <laughs> right, Copenhagen, Denmark, <laughs> uh, no, whether you are married to me, or we're just friends. Um, you have to allow others to live their lives. And we sometimes let control and fear get in the way of love. And if we all just let go and liberate one another, we'd all be much happier. I like that. You wrapped that up pretty nicely. Yeah. Were you media trained? No. Ah, just like your performers. <laughs> First time I see it. I like That's it, That's right. Um, so In the Heights is amazing musical. Um, thank you so much for stopping by, man. I really enjoyed this. We yeah. might have to do this again. Yeah. Um, Over a beer, too. Ooh, I like beer. Or sangria. Is that what you sangria? like? Sangria. Right? <laughs> Shout out to Gabe. <laughs> I like how Gabe is starting to be the common denominator with anybody <laughs> I meet in Peoria. They just know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if people don't know, his nickname is Mr. Sunshine. And yes, he is available. He's going to hate me for that again. <laughs> um, all right. That has been another episode of the KZ Community Beat. I'm Ross Martinez, your host. This week, uh, <laughs> Gabe. <laughs> he just, uh, his I smile popped in I my love head. It. I'm like, this dude. Uh, Derek Kilmer, director of In the Heights here in Peoria. Also the executive director of Central Illinois Friends. Thank you so much for stopping in, man. Thanks for having um, me. Without further ado, go check out all the other episodes and tell your mom I said hi. All right, bye. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs>